to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. How are you all doing? I'm so glad to see you. It was not the same on Sunday. But nevertheless, we had a good time. Praise God. You didn't miss me. Okay. I I think I even gave out very few hairs. It's very difficult to give it on the computer. And I cracked less jokes. I, I like seeing people laughing. Media team just give me serious faces. <laughs> okay, we are finalizing on loyalty. I'm believing God to finish today, and so help me a lot. And today, we looked at loyalty to the vision. Today, I want to share on loyalty to the visionary. And like I said, I'm one of those pastors who is not shy to talk about these things. I don't need to invite someone else to tell you. So in case you haven't figured out who the visionary is, (laughs) I think it's a bit obvious, okay? So Habakkuk chapter number 2 and verse 2. In case some of us were expecting me to change my sermon because of what was going on in the nation, unfortunately, I don't work like that. Some people never heard a single thing about a certain virus, like for nine months in all our sermons. (laughs) So unfortunately, I don't work like that. So Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. So we see a few clear things here. There is the Lord who introduces a divine vision, and then there is somebody who actually writes it, and then there are others who read and run with it. There's a clear equation there. Somebody has to write the vision down. When God is thinking about a nation, he calls a person. That's how God works. Look at Exodus chapter number 3 from verse 1. Exodus 3 from verse 1. And that's why usually... One mark of a visionary in whichever mountain of influence they are called in is their ability to gather their own people. That's one mark. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Uh And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush, So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Next verse. 
So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Next verse. And then he said, do not draw near to this place. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. That you tell I can listen to a lot of music, eh? Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I've surely seen the oppression of who? My people who are in Egypt, and they have heard, and I've heard their cries because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. God had heard the oppression of the people and came to Moses. Read the book of Judges. You'll notice whenever Israel cried out to God, God answered through a human being. He always raised a human being. So something that I would want you to know, and we are, for, for those who are just joining us, who are basing this series on the pillars of this ministry, you have to realize that the reason why God called me was for your sake. That's actually very important. And in whichever branch you'll be in, whichever pastor we raise for you, whichever leader we put for you, whichever cell leader we give you, there's a prayer, there's a cry, there's a need that God saw in you. And because of that need, he decided to raise your leaders. It's always important to know that. Let me continue. Now, I think when I spoke about different kinds of churches, it was very clear from the book of Revelations that Jesus identified with each of them differently and he even wrote them separate letters. So meaning, if you were part of that church and you never considered the messenger important, there would have been trouble because Jesus honored the messenger by giving the messenger the message. You'll see as we go on. It means, ladies and gentlemen, that the way the body of Christ works, it's important for you that when God is having his council committee meetings with each of his servants, it's important that somehow you are in the picture. What do I mean? If every pastor, for those who are watching me, or maybe those who are just visiting, and perhaps you are nowhere, if every pastor today was to go on their knees and say, Lord, I pray for those you've given me, are you counted in any of those prayers? If God gave every pastor a special message to tell the body of Christ, because there is something strategic he wants to do, so each one has been given a special part to handle with their wing, which is their church, would that message reach you? If so, how would it reach you? Would it reach you through the Sunday service? Would it reach you through the WhatsApp groups? That's if you open them. Okay, let's continue. <laughs> so, it's very clear from the scriptures. You know, there are all these arguments I find. I, I, I don't know where people get the energy to argue about them. Is it right to call someone your spiritual father? Is it not right? Is it, ah, call them whatever you want, but just follow what the scripture says about how you should relate with certain people that God has sent to you. It's very clear from the scriptures that there are certain people who've been ordained in your life to do the following. Number one, to watch over your soul. To watch over your soul. Hebrews 13, verse 7, then verse 17. 7 for context. 
Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Okay, so it's clear. In verse 17, obey those who rule over you and be submissive. And then what does it say? For they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. And then it says, let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. What, is that, what does that mean? If your pastor is unhappy in his pastoring, it's unprofitable for you. Ask the Israelites when Moses was unhappy with them, they all suffered. What am I trying to say? The Bible is admonishing us to be submissive to those who have been given charge over us. And then it says, let them actually enjoy doing it. Like they shouldn't have to think, oh, I'm, going, I'm going to the church today. Lord, it's just you I'm doing it for. Otherwise, those people. That's why if there is something that should never be there in churches, and I am not saying this in the context of what's been going on in the nation, but do you know that there are some ministries that have been killed because there are political parties in the churches? Like these are for that leader, these are for that leader. If that one ever gives a comment and says, let's do this, everyone else who supports the other person says no. And I'm sure you've observed the way political parties work, that sometimes even if the friend has a good idea, it's about who's said it, right? That stuff can happen in churches if you're not careful. Do you know that there are places where a pastor can come and say, God is saying, let's do this direction. And leaders say, let's vote. That would be unprofitable. So they watch over your souls. They watch out for them. Do you remember that period when there was um, like people going on people's houses and like ritual killings and stuff like that? I remember one incident, I think at about zero one, I was done praying, so I decided to go sleep. And when I was just about to sleep, the burden to pray came strongly. It outweighed my need for sleep. In the morning, I received a call, and it was one of my members. And they narrated that at the exact same time, there were people trying to enter their house. And it seemed like the same kind of people. And their door had a problem, so they couldn't lock it properly. The people failed to enter. The people failed. Now, what am I trying to say? Ideally, if God gives certain people charge over your souls, authority to even bless you, you know, I find it amazing. Sometimes I wonder if people read the scriptures. Do people realize that the priests were given authority to bless people's households? And you see that even in the New Testament. Jesus tells the disciples, whichever house you go to, if they receive you, your peace will rest on it. If they don't, go with it. It's bigger than you think. Haven't you seen in the scriptures, he says, if you receive a righteous man as a righteous man, you receive the reward. Meaning, even just a person who's, for lack of better term, just a Christian has their own reward. But then he goes on to say, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. It's actually in the scriptures. Notice, read in Ezekiel when he talks about the first fruits. He says, so that the priest can cause a blessing. So they watch out for your souls. That's in the scriptures. The other thing that you observe, ladies and gentlemen, is that they have a mandate to disciple and teach you. In Matthew 28, verse 19, 
Jesus did not give the great commission to the Holy Spirit or to angels. Rather, he decided to empower men with the Holy Spirit. And those men are the ones who disciple others. He told men to go disciple other men. Imagine, God meets the Apostle Paul, but doesn't give him the full package. He still somewhat connects him to men. They go that side, you will be told what to do there. And then he sent Ananias there. So God has ordained people to watch over your soul. He's ordained people to disciple you and to teach you. Praise God. And let me tell you something. Primarily, I've been asked before by people saying, um, Pastor, I'm looking for a church I can go to. If for one second I could be neutral, because my answer is always COL, but if for one second I could be neutral, do you know what I would tell them? That's what I would tell them. If you find somewhere where you can be taught the word of God and you're getting it and you're growing, even if they meet under a tree, make it your home. Because primarily, Jesus didn't promise good churches. Primarily, that's not the promise. Any church you go to, there'll be that one day where something might happen which can offend you. Because we're dealing with different people, different backgrounds. If you leave one place because someone started a rumor about you, what if the rumor reaches us? No, I'm, I'm very serious. If you joined us because you think here a rumor can never reach us, you have to go back because what, what if people are friends these days, they network. What if it reaches us? What am, what am I trying to say? I, I'm being honest with you that if you've joined the ministry thinking no one will ever say anything bad against you, no one will ever gossip, no one will ever do A, B, C, D. Or maybe you left another place because someone broke up with you. Even here people have broken up before. We just don't tell you. <laughs> you think people... <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, if you, if you are joining us, join us for the right reasons. Amen. Amen. May you never suffer another heartbreak in Jesus' name. <laughs> what am I trying to say? If it's a feeling, if you have to rely on a feeling, you will struggle. Because one day to feel like home, the next day to feel like it's not home, the other day to feel like home, the other day it won't feel like home. Graduate to a higher level where you don't have to depend on the luxury of feelings. You have to. Do you think I've got the luxury of feeling like whether this place is home or not? No, honestly, do you think I've got the luxury of that? Of choosing whether to preach because there is electricity or there isn't? I don't have that luxury. Imagine if we could all grow to that place. It would reduce the excuse threshold that we have. No, I couldn't come to church because uh, my cousin is getting married the other day. You think our cousins don't marry? No, do you think our cousins don't marry? Imagine every week we're announcing to you, no, pastor can't make it. His cousin is getting married. The other week, pastor can't make it. Then you would think I don't take you seriously. I'll tell you this, like I said, if you find somewhere where you can be taught the word of God, then scripture will be getting fulfilled. Because there is something Jesus promised, which you can see in Jeremiah 3.15 from the King James. What did he promise? He said, I will give you, hey, he says, I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And I remember when beginning the ministry, the word God gave me, some of you know it by now, I say it all the time, it was what? 
Mark chapter. Why are you all looking down? <laughs> chapter 6, verse 30. Hey, guys, I think it's 34. <laughs> I think. Hey, you can find out the one who's going in wrong, eh? Mark 6, verse 34. Aha. Uh -huh. And Jesus, when he came out, come on, guys, I've shared this with you. So many people. Can you give me for the new King James? And Jesus, when he came out, uh -huh, he saw many people, a great multitude, and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So what did he do? He began to teach them many things. Praise God. So the presence of a pastor will usually signify the presence of you beginning to know many things. Yeah. I, there are many other things I can share with you on this part, but est attend establishment class. There's a whole lesson on this. When is establishment class? The next one, October? September, right? Yeah, attend it. Now, for loyalty to the visionary to happen, the following needs to be in place. Number one, you must believe that your pastor has been given to you by God. I'll say it again. You must believe that your pastor has been given to you by God. You must believe that your pastor has been given to you by God. I already gave you Jeremiah 3.15, right? Where it says, I will give you pastors according to my heart. Look at Ephesians 4. And maybe from verse 9. Observe this. And maybe let's, let's have it from the NLT. Ephesians 4 from verse 9. Notice that it says he ascended. This means that first, um, that Christ came down to the lowly world in which we live. Next verse. The same one who came down is the same one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that his rule might fill the universe. He is the one who gave these gifts to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. And then he gave them an assignment, right, to equip God's people. You must believe your pastor has been given to you by God. You actually must believe that. Praise God. Paul says something in Second Corinthians twelve, verse twelve. And he tells them, saying, the signs of an apostle were worked among you. And that's why God will allow those signs to be worked. That's why sometimes it appears as if those who are perhaps in the fivefold seem to be more gifted than the others. The reason I believe why they seem to get a breakthrough faster than everyone is so that the sign should be clear that these have been chosen by God. And what's their role? It's to get everyone to that place. Nicodemus knew that. That's why when Nicodemus approached Jesus, he said, we know you are the teacher sent from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. He says, the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. And then look at what he tells them in the next verse. For what is it in which you are inferior to other churches. As I've told you, COL, you're not inferior to any other place. There's nothing we lack. <laughs> we can be inspired, we can learn from every other place, but we will never have a feeling of inferiority. You must believe your pastor has been sent by God. Number two, 
don't equalize by perceiving things from the flesh. I'll show you. Do you know that someone can start off in your life as a gift? And as time goes by, they become an uncle. You know, some of the stuff I've seen in places, I've seen people having no spiritual reverence for their pastors. They literally view them just like as just you know, an old man in society who just says wise things. Not necessarily that he reveals the oracles of God. How do you expect what they say in your life to come to pass, if that's the case? Somebody saying glory. Can I show you from the scriptures? Matthew 13, and I want you to see verse 53. Verse 53. Now it came to pass when Jesus finished these parables that he departed from there. Uh huh. And when he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue. So they were astonished. Take note. And they said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Hey, at this point, it looks like they're catching it, eh? But look at the next verse. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, not that Judas. And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? What did they do? They started equalizing. Equalizing. They were, they were trying to naturalize what was divine. Next verse. So they were offended. Hey. They went from being astonished to being offended. I've seen this so many times. Someone can get offended because you called me apostle, sir, and you did your hands like this. Hey, it's just like man like everybody else. And someone can talk you out of a revelation. You relate with a person based on the revelation you have of them. And they were offended at him. And Jesus said a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. That shows you something. Look at the next verse first. Now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. That shows you that honor is a prerequisite for a prophet to do his works. Honor must be there if someone is going to do his works well. Let COL not be one of those places where we say, when pastor is invited elsewhere, things happen, but here they don't. The simple key is honor. Let this not be one of those places. That's why I'm teaching this stuff. Praise God. And here is the thing. Sometimes pastors have been taught that to preserve honor, you keep like a huge distance from the members, you don't relate with them, you walk in and out and the like. Now you won't find that here. Because <laughs> me, when God was calling me, he showed me people. So what's my favorite thing to do to interact with the people? But what if you can be like Peter? Peter was with Jesus the whole day. They had dinner together. Those guys lived together. But notice the honor that Peter still had for Jesus. That he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. They were not on the mountain of transfiguration every minute. So the moment you begin to equalize because of human things. And I'm telling you, it's, it's funny. Then on the other hand, there are others who've got like this exaggerated view. I remember once I posted something. I think I posted a, a, a football match or something like that. Someone got, said, Pastor, you, you watch football. I'm like, yes. What did you think? I'm always in the belly of the glory. 
Huh? What are you doing? I'm just in the belly of the glory. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and, and sometimes that's what happens. Sometimes people have that, um, like there's that pressure to change the way you talk. Like if I meet any person, I'm supposed to bless you, bless you, bless you. But what if I don't talk like that? <laughs> Not everyone talks like that. And so, you know, sometimes I would like receive an email and, you know, I'm like one of those who's not very orthodox. I'll receive an email, greetings from his vineyard. I'm like, I don't know what to reply then. <laughs> I also want to reply. <laughs> well, like everyone, like for me, if you check my messages, everyone wants to greet me in the name of Jesus. That's the only name they greet me in. So I also want to, I think there was a time I also replied, and I reply to you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> okay, somebody say glory. <laughs> what have I, now I'm not trying to say the pastoral courtesy or anything like there's a problem with it. What I'm trying to say is the interesting thing is God wants you to see the divinity in a man who at the end of the day should still have the freedom to be a man. I hope you're getting my point. And it's the same thing also when a pastor has children. Don't give them a tough time. Expecting them to always be walking with 13 angels. They also have their path. They also have their, their way to follow. So for example, when a mini-me comes, don't put pressure on them to be an apostle. No, seriously, what if they are calling in life as a security department? And then what if the child of the one in security is the one God has chosen to take over me? It's possible. <laughs> Hallelujah. So don't give them a hard time. Otherwise, don't let them not enjoy church. Like, let them have their own identity beyond being the pastor's child. So you, you, you help out, eh? You give them a good time. Look at First Thessalonians 2.13. So like I said, here you need to understand this stuff. Because us here, we play football, we, <laughs> we dance. First Thessalonians 2 verse 13. And you know, it's the complaint that Paul had. Paul was not as flamboyant as the other people. He took up a very simple side. So it was very easy for people to miss it. That's when he asked, saying, do I have to write a recommendation letter to you? And then he says, no, I don't, because you are my recommendation letter. Look at how I've raised you. That's when he called them living epistles. And like I said, even here, that's the way it is. The manner, I'm, I'm, it's better I tell you how we work here. The manner in which we do it is we can be very simple. For example, we can give you a prophetic word in such a simple way that everyone can miss it if you're not careful. And yet we've told you something that all happened. It's just the way we do things. And for me, it's the way I've been trained and raised to do ministry, to try to do it as simple as possible. So you may not see us making very long prayers here. That doesn't mean we don't pray at home. If you wanted to find out why I don't pray very long prayers, like maybe when you bring the sick or any of those, for me it's very simple. It's because Jesus usually prayed his long prayers between 0 1 and all that time. Then when he met people, he just said, be healed, free, walk, dance, do that. So it's just. <laughs> so for me, that's the model <laughs> that I copied. <laughs> hey, hey. For this reason, let this be the testimony of what I should say concerning you. I'm saying this because I will not always pastor this branch. There's no... <laughs> hey, the looks I'm getting. <laughs> no, I won't always pastor it. Why do you think I'm loading you up with all this stuff? And then not everyone you're looking at next to you will remain in this branch. Who do you think will pastor the other ones? The stage of the ministry we are in right now has been equipping for the work of ministry. The sooner we accept that, the better. 
And that's why, for example, if you are treating your department head badly, what happens if where we send you, we send you to go start the same department? Would you have sown the right seed? <laughs> Nishi, you are thinking, we'll all just be like this. Why do you think we have Dominion Conference? <laughs> Dominion Conference will be crying. That will be the ah! Faster, sir. It's been a while. The last time we were together was okay. First Thessalonians 2, verse 13. It says, For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Because you received the word of God which you heard from us. You welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectively works in you who believe. So these guys saw this, saw what Paul and the rest were saying as the word of God, not as the word of men. No wonder it was effective. Praise God. Imagine if you began to view every cell meeting like that. Imagine if you viewed all the classes we have like that. Imagine if you viewed the address of, let's say, the service units directors are addressing our workforce. Imagine if you viewed it like that. That is an opportunity for God to perfect your service to him so that your reward can be better. What would happen? So I hope you've heard me. I, I, I shouldn't, please, don't, don't make me become like a person who will have to always like talk very, very like holy, holy, for you to really believe that it's God. Like, I'll be myself. That's why I've told you in advance. Can somebody say glory? <laughs> hey. hey! Now, number three. Loyalty will happen when you receive your pastor. You will choose one as a man of God. Choose which one you write, eh? or as your man of God. You can choose from one of the two. Johanna chapter 1. John chapter 1. I need an interpreter one of these days. Eh? So when I say Acts, they say Machitidwe. <laughs> okay, so Johanna chapter 1, verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. John. There was a man sent from God. Okay. That's as far as I can go. John. Hallelujah. I've not yet learned the other language, but I'm sure Laura will teach me. <laughs> There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, interestingly, any pastor who's been raised, any visionary who's been raised, has not been raised as that. Okay, need to end in a few minutes. Has not been raised as that for everyone. I'll show you what I mean. Matthew 10, verse 41, first. Matthew 10, verse 41. And I already referred to it. What does it say? Matthew 10, verse 41. It says, He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. He who receives Akaluluma as Akaluluma will receive Akaluluma's reward. I'm just not sure how big Akaluluma's reward is. And then he who receives Apostle Frederick as Apostle Frederick will receive Apostle Frederick's reward. 
You have to choose how you receive the person. It can be akaluruma. <laughs> I'm, I'm very serious about that. Now, look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 1 and 2. Something that for me changed my perspective. My perspective. That's why I can call someone my man of God, my pastor. He says, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ, our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? Hey. So it means there are people that Paul could point at. And if God asks, ah, Paul, what's your work? He's like, that's my work. That's why he could talk to them. That's why he could rebuke them. That's why he could correct them. Because they were his work. They were his work. And that's why we get irritated. You've raised someone a certain way. And someone wants to talk someone out of that in the name of prophecy. That's disturbing the work of somebody else. No, there are people who actually do. Listen, the fact of the matter is there are people who deliberately do that. I know what I'm talking about. There are people who can like the way you serve me and try to talk you into serving them. Because they just like the way you serve me. They don't know what we've been through. They don't know where we started from. They don't know the stubbornness we had to deal with. They don't know the attitudes we, we had to deal with. And then they come to you and say, ah, what the grace I've seen on your life. They are not handling it well. They, are not, they don't see the potential. And this, uh, do you know there are people who do that? You know what the Bible calls them? <laughs> if I was to tell you what the Bible, if I was to tell you what Jesus said, if I was to tell you what Jesus said, you would be amazed that that's how we use that scripture. Go back and read where he said the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And analyze the context and see whether he was talking about the devil or hirelings who comes with the back door. Just go read it. The only reason we use it is because Satan is a thief. But just go read its context. You'll be amazed. Okay. I'm, I'm serious. So you don't do that. No, I can see apostle doesn't see the grace on you because it's prophetic. Him is apostolic. So there's a way prophetic people need do you know there are people who do that <laughs> in case you're shocked <laughs> hey <laughs> i let me not say much guys i hear things <laughs> there's a special grace on you which only i can help you with <laughs> Someone has raised you. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen the Lord Jesus Christ? And are you not my work in the Lord? Then look at what he says in the next verse. Even if I'm not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you. So I don't necessarily have to be everyone's man of God or everyone's cup of tea or everyone's pastor, or everyone's apostle. I would be dreaming if I thought I was that. In short, if we're having a service and you tagged people and they decided not to watch, it's up to them. But a church member, someone who's my work in the Lord, someone we're raising, you applied, you filled in the membership form in your own accord. Dares to miss any of our services. What? How? No, think about it. You can be learning development studies from university and another one is learning it from Cavendish. You have to know who your lecturer is. Because that's the one who will have to give an account to the higher education board about how well you did. So, there is not, so you have to choose whose class to attend. So it's saying, <laughs> it can be the same course, same knowledge, but you have to choose whose class to attend. And there's a reason why some classes take attendance. Because sometimes that's as important as the information. Attendance shows honor. I've lectured before. 
During the period I was lecturing at a school, if people didn't attend class, I felt insulted. Try convincing half your class not to come. Tell me what the lecturer will say. You'll come back with a testimony. They'll even make the exam harder. <laughs> you'll testify. So he says, I may not be an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you. And the, the same is in reverse. There are other people who may just not be the one who's been called for you. So you have to see your pastor as your man of God. Like this is the one who's been called for me. When you see it that way, you will not treat their words as mere words. You will not treat their wisdom as mere wisdom or their teachings as just another nice saying or another nice quote. But you will see the words as God's divine instruction to equip you for your destiny. Praise God. Now, similarly, you must learn their ways and how they do things. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 17 it says, for this reason, I have sent Timothy to you. I'm getting very few hates today. And I just get one just for the sake of it. <laughs> There's an A, which, there was a A which wasn't in chorus. This time. <laughs> it says, for this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. So you'll find every ministry, every pastor, every visionary will have a way they like for it to run. So you don't come and say, but why you... Let me give you an example. So you don't come and say, let's say we appoint you in... I'll use... Um, I'm sure you've noticed that when I walk to the stage, uh, the Sweet Samos of Zion walk out, right? And they continue from that side. So if you join them tomorrow, you shouldn't be the stubborn one who says, no, me where I used to be, I used to stand behind the pastor and continue singing. So I'll stand behind the pastor. Security will lift you because it's just not the way we, we just, we just do it differently. So don't, listen, if there is something that's very... When you join an organization, you must, bring, you must bring progress to it, not division. Not division. And that's why it's not like you'll find us going on Facebook and saying every other ministry that does it like this is wrong. No, we honor them. We just have our way in which we do it. <laughs> Praise God. Listen to this, and it's very prophetic. Now, with regards to the city of the Lord Church, my last, on, on Sunday I told you what our vision, our mission, and all that stuff is. My mission, my apostolic mandate to COL, this I've never shared with anyone, is raising a people who dominate all mountains of influence while serving the Lord with excellence. Isaiah 2, verse 2 to 3. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established at the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. And all nations shall flow to it Many people shall say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion will go forth the law, and the word from Jerusalem. So just like Daniel, Joseph, David, Paul, and ultimately Jesus, have been sent to raise a people who give God their highest quality of service and also give the world their highest quality of service. And that's why it shouldn't surprise you that in every field, 
because of our collective mandate as COL, somehow we must always rise to places of influence. Allow me to do this task without grumbling. Make it easy. Even the trainings we do right now are not yet enough. The services we have as it stands are not yet enough. This mandate is big. And God has called me to raise you to dominate in all mountains of influence. And that's why, Tim, remind me, before the year ends, we need to do a seminar on the mountains of influence. With higher revelation, we need to have some time to just go through them again. Because the rising in prominence is about to increase. In all areas. Imagine forming a straight connection all the way up to God. And so that one is a seminar we should revisit every year. Tim, remember that. Every year we have to revisit that one. Least people forget. Least Esther forgets why she's in the palace. Can give our offerings. <laughs> I've never seen people not know what to do like today. For those who've caught it, and I think you're many, I've delivered something very big. And one skill, if I was writing down something, someone should remind me, maybe I'll write it down. Because we don't have time to teach everything. You can give your offerings. One skill that I think needs to be taught is skills of a church member. Can I give you two examples? One skill a church member needs to develop is the skill of knowing how to find yourself where something is happening. Where is Hazel? Hey, so where you at? Yesterday you found yourself in a meeting, right? What meeting was that? Leadership meeting. Do you know how she found herself there? Sent me a text and said, Pastor, I want to join. I replied, why? Said, I always learn something new when you teach. I had no defense. It's a good skill. Then on the other hand, you can have someone who's been a member for three, four years. And you can even tell me, I didn't know there was a meeting. How unskillful. You don't write down when the secretaries teach, when the secretary declares to you your meeting times with God. Another skill a church member must develop is how to receive a personal prophetic word when a corporate word is given. For example, in what I just said, you know you can actually receive your personal one. Another one is how to receive a prophetic word when there's a teaching. You know there can be a teaching about, because primarily what happens in church is teaching. But then there's what is called inspired preaching and teaching, where as you're teaching, the oracles of God are revealed in a certain way for a certain person. It could even be the joke that's a direct prophetic for one person. 
those are some skills. Another one is how to get a prophetic message from reading the Bible. How come the disciples are with the others? Somehow they remembered the scripture which said one must take, its, one must take his place. And they connected that that was their rema for that moment for Judas. Have I spoken too much? So someone should remind me, maybe I'll do a write-up on skills every church member must develop. Let's pray. <laughs> pray your own prayer for 30 seconds in line with the word of God. Pray it over yourself. Father, thank you for this message. Thank you because they have caught it. Even those online have caught it. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you. 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 Thank you for we've been equipped to be proper sons and daughters of the house. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I bless them. I bless them. All of them are attentive to the word. They find it easy to obey. They find it easy to serve. And every one of them, I bless them with that sense of purpose. That sense of belonging to the ministry. I block the voices of any voice that can be talking them out of that divine thing which is for them in this place. In Jesus' name. Each of you, you find your place. You find your portion. For this land was given to you as an inheritance. And now in line with the prophetic word that I've just released, I want to have been told to hold it until anniversary. Thank you, Lord. I bless them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We may say the grace anniversary. Jesus, Pusela, Capena, Pontatulo, Mayango, Mayango, Yanga, Yazera, Abale, Tandizo, 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 Everybody, the amazing grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord. service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.